Hello there and welcome to another podcast of Suffolk Business Podcast. We are with Ben Coomer today, who is founder of Awesome Sups and BTN Academy. Hello, Ben. Hello. What hello. is happening? That was a very strong hello. Well, you've got to enter the world in a strong way. Um, well, there we go. We're going to start this podcast with anything. It's Ben's hello. <laughs> that I felt that. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Um, we've, uh, we obviously started speaking to you a few months ago and we've done bits and bobs. Yeah. And it's finally great to get you on I've here. never got that saying. Bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. That's very Where did English. that come from? It's very English, mate. We've done <laughs> bits it's and very, bobs. It's, it's very polite. Yeah, it's very it is. English, yeah. That's, that's, Jack, that's Jack personified. He is a polite fella. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Um, let's jump in. Ben, talk to us a little about your business journey, about building your personal brand. Just a quick, short and sharp. Let's go for it. Yeah. I mean, don't do short and sharp because we have got like a long time to do this. <laughs> so it would mean it would make might make things a bit awkward if you did literally just say. Yeah, you should probably say short and sharp because a lot of people could probably waffle about all the That's different true. details and all yeah. the different journeys. Uh, so from the age of like 19, 20, I've been self-employed, never really liked taking orders from anyone else, always wanted to pave my own way. So became a personal trainer at the age of 20. Uh, did that for nine months, didn't really, not gonna say I didn't enjoy it, but I felt there was more, like it just wasn't really scratching an itch. So I lived in Suffolk, felt it had a bit of a small town mentality at the time in 2006. So I was like, right, I wanna go to a big city, I wanna experience things, I wanna go to uni. So literally rang around the unis, got a place, and within two, two weeks I was at uni studying sports performance and coaching. And then in my second year, uh, they sent an email around for an enterprise center. And my mum had always said I'd had a bit of an entrepreneurial mind. So I thought, oh, I'm gonna go and explore this idea because I was still working as a personal trainer, but it still wasn't scratching this itch. I was loving teaching about nutrition and performance, but just doing it one-to-one -one wasn't for me. So I went and had a look around and this guy was like, well, you know, lots of businesses are thinking about going online now and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I thought about doing nutrition coaching online. So cut a long story short, 2008, I started my first online business. It was just a nutrition consultancy. My mindset was why just coach nutrition here? Why not do it to the whole world? So yeah. built a website and I made every mistake under the sun. I didn't really define who I wanted to coach. I just kind of like my services for everyone and these are my products and I had too many products and it was just too confusing. Didn't nail down my avatar. All the coloring was off. The website looked quite budget even though I'd spent a lot on it. And then it wasn't going well and all the clients I was coaching, I just, I'll be honest, I just hated working with them. <laughs> like I built a business that I ended up hating. There's one of your I like, think a lot of quiet. PTs would definitely um, resonate with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I just sort of sat down and had an inflection point and luckily I was in an environment where there was other startups and I was like, guys, can you help me? And I got like four of them around a table and they just taught me through the process of like, right, who's your avatar? What's your perfect product? All that kind of stuff. So we ended up rebuilding the business. Um, it became a lot more kind of like male performance and I wanted to ultimately coach people like me that had a similar mindset. And I think that probably resonates with a lot of people. You wanna work with similar kind of characters. So that was in 2009, uh, built that up to have 12 different coaches online. We then said, right, we wanna have more of an impact. So we went into our nutrition education. So since 2013, we've been a nutrition educator. Since this year, we're one of the only level four uh, training providers in the UK for nutrition coaching. Wow. Uh, so we're now an official qualification. 
And then along that journey, I kind of just saw the value of personal brand, read a lot of books by like Daniel Priestley, Seth Godin, people like that. And they were like, personal brand will always stay true. Whatever business you run or decide, personal brand will always be there. So I just always built both business and brand. And I'm really glad that I did. Um, you know, in 2012, by that point, I was writing for every major fitness magazine. I had the UK's number one health and fitness podcast. I spoke at major UK events. Like, I was doing really well. But it's because I invested three years in getting mm. there and really going through the personal brand thing. And then 2016, I just, again, had another inflection point where I was really pissed off with the supplement industry or the dishonesty no products really tasted that great when they said that they did. And in my naivety, I was like, how hard can it be to start a supplement company? So start a supplement company. It's like your very turns own out, Tim Ferriss. As yeah, well. <laughs> turns out it's quite hard. <laughs> turns out lots of stuff can go wrong. Yeah, it's a very regulated industry as well, I get. Uh, uh, no. Is it not? No, there we go. It's not. So we're just having any pills, any supplements. <laughs> it's not as regulated as you might think. Really? Uh, I can go to a manufacturer, say I want a whey protein, stick a label on it. And unless you, like, say, call me out on my advertising or the label, no yeah. one's there, like, label checking or quality yeah. checking. Like, it's, yeah, all that side of it's completely unregulated. That, that's mad. That's, that is yeah, scary. So you need to look for companies that regulate themselves. So we worked with the Advertising Standards Agency before we lo- launched yeah. our brand and said, is our labeling correct? Um, like, if you look at our labels, they're really, like, unclaimy. There's nothing bold about yeah. it. Whereas a lot of companies are kind of the opposite. Um, and you'll hear stories all the time of companies getting called out by the ASA and stuff like that. But anyway. There's enough of them on did, like yeah. Instagram getting shout outs from like Geordie Shaw. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there is. Isn't there, I think, at the moment. <laughs> Deep trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the personal brand stuff more because me and Jake absolutely love that. Um, first of all, what's your favourite Daniel Priestley book? KPI. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's Keep my favorite book. Influence. Yeah. Favorite oh, book. It's hard because oversubscribed is probably good. Yeah, as well. yeah. Uh, Twenty-four assets is brilliant. We just run it <laughs> Daniel, yeah, you've done a great yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. He has. He has. He's a great business person to follow. But it's kind of the journey, isn't it? Like he has four books that go in yeah. sequence. Yeah. For me, it was key person of influence that made me think about what I want to achieve as a business person, and then the other stuff kind of came along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, talk about what you, you kind of did to build your personal brand. Did you, because everyone just thinks you put a couple of pictures online, a couple of videos, you'll slowly start to build your following, but actually you've still got to provide value for people. Mm. So talk us about the early days, especially how you built the nutrition staff to slowly then build into awesome stuff. So then your personal brand kind of went with it, I suppose. Yeah, so I did all of that, mm. but just for a long time and was really consistent. Patience. Um, patience, yeah, like building any business is tough work uh don't get me wrong there's an inflection point that usually you should be getting to the three four year mark and things are pretty good you're pretty comfortable at that point you're usually pulling your hair out because you've got a bit too much work to do and you're struggling how to be efficient and you're thinking about hiring um i provided a lot of value to the world um i definitely made sure i understood my customer and what people were talking about so i was always in touch with the media so if something came out on like the keto diet or whatever I'd post about it, I'd comment on it because that's what people are thinking about. So I do think as a business, you have to be in alignment with the trends to a degree um, and you still want to be, 
you know, commenting and giving your opinion. Because ultimately, if I want to position myself as a nutrition thought leader, then I need to share thought on what is being talked about yeah. in the world of nutrition and fitness and stuff. Um, the power of other people. You know, uh, I built a podcast, which meant I could connect with other people, people in America, Australia. So there's then partnerships. So then you're getting exposed to other people's audience. Like if I post about this show on my social media, you guys get, and this is just how it works. So aligning yourselves with other like-minded people is really important. Um, And I think this is where there's real value in business autobiographies to learn how patient you have to be because it's very easy to focus on what everyone else is doing at the perceived success. But I, I read a lot of autobiographies and you know they consistently said, it took me five years to get to this, it took me 10 I years to like, do this. Yeah. And it just makes you think, I've only been blogging three months. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why I'm not a blogger yet and yeah. everyone's reading my blogs. If I do it for three years, I'll probably then be a blogger. Mm. Um, I often think that because um, I try and mix up my reading a bit. So I will read like the really practical books like KPI and, and all those ones from Seth Godin and everything. But I will also do that. I'll read autobiographies because I want context. I want to see actually, like you say, how long it takes for these people to actually and what challenges they've overcome as well. Like I've just read um, Phil Knight's Shoe Dog. Nice. Yeah. And like, that's the best book I've ever read. And right up until the end, right up until the end, there were, I mean, probably they did continue I imagine afterwards but there are so many challenges that he had to overcome and there's so many things that we think oh this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to our business when actually it was like times a million for him because of all the states that were you know at risk so I think that's a really really cool thing to kind of lean on is the fact that actually there is context that you don't see you know when you pop on Instagram and everything like that there's so much going on behind a person's you know curtains that you have no idea about mm. no chat don't laugh okay mate something okay um but yeah so i think that's really important and actually by being real and being yourself and putting your message out there without any worry of where what could happen as a result i think what i always say is those that are willing to not change their identity but break out from what they think everybody perceives them as and actually mm be honest and be authentic people it's love authenticity it's important to know your problem's small in the grand scheme of things as well like you read a book like Phil Knight's and you're like oh my god he had to conquer that yeah. where you're just trying to work out something really simple yeah, yeah. but you you feel like you're getting kicked in the, <laughs> the privates repeatedly with the problem so it gives you context to say hang on I can handle this because mm. if Phil solved that problem I can solve this little problem exactly um, and that's sometimes business it's like how many times can you feel like you're going to get kicked in the face yeah, every pers- day? It's, it's and perception of a problem, isn't it? Yeah. And I always think, like, um, obviously, Gary Vee talks about um, putting out fires all the time and how he's always just problem solving. And that is what owning a business is. And the quicker that business owners get to grips with, they're going to deal with more problems than good things each day, then the easier it becomes, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But that's like when it, like, coming back to why people resonate with you is because if you are honest, and you and you do share that message, and you do, you are honest that there actually are challenges with running a business. Mm. Then that's probably why you resonate with Gary, and that's why mm. you know we're all drawn to these people who are honest. So this is where I really value health and nutrition in business because problems are always greater if your your biology is not in a good place. So yeah. if I'm underslept, underfueled, just not in a good place, then as soon as that problem hits me, I'm like. 
I'm just not ready for yeah. it. I just don't have the capacity for it. But if I'm looking after myself, getting to bed on time, eating well, that problem comes at me. I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, like, yeah. I've got the mental energy for it. I've got the physical energy for it. I'm taking time for myself. So it feels like I've, I've got that work-life balance. Um, and the amount of business owners I, I speak to that, you know, they're always running around, everything's stressful. And I'm like, why do you feel like that? Yeah. You know, you're not in a good place physically. You're not sleeping. You're over-caffeinated. So... Mm. That the health piece in business is is massive. Well, I think it was a trend for a long, long time, wasn't it? Of like, if you are, if you look at somebody, a business owner, and they look busy, then it means it's successful, doesn't it? Whereas now, I feel like we're starting to actually have a bit more of a discussion about mental health and business and everything like that. So, is it on that note? Is there anything that you do in your routine that kind of helps calm you down, gives you perspective, gives you clarity? More than anything, I just protect my own time. So, usually half of my work day is uh, not subject to any external influence so I don't have any email any social media I have my phone on airplane mode so I usually get up in the morning uh, let's say 6am and I worked from 6am till 9am this morning for a three hour work block and I wasn't contactable to the world not even to my wife not even to anyone whereas later on that day I would have gone for a dog walk had my breakfast 10.30 in the morning I'll turn my phone on turn slack on talk to my team or the rest of it and then I'm ready for the problems I've already worked on a big project I've moved the business forward I've been strategic I've been creative and now it's like doing and my job in my business is part strategic and creativity and part doing you know my business isn't that big that I'm not the guy not doing stuff Mm. I'm still doing stuff so yeah I think it's about protecting your time you know I'll I'll always make time for fitness I'll always make time for food I've got non-negotiable sleep rules so once I get into bed at like half nine my phone's off chatting to my wife I'm relaxing so it's just about having those rules that allow your brain disciplined as well with it I mean we spoke to Scott Russell and he was saying his way of dealing with it is he has five tasks throughout one day and he will do them five tasks and no matter what time he finishes those five tasks he's done Hmm. so if he finishes at 1pm he's done for the rest of the day if he finishes at 8 he's going to carry on to 8 I think that's really interesting to see how successful people deal with their day as humans as well I think we're so used to um, being relied upon from other people and also, we're so scared that if we turn our phone off for like an afternoon, that so much is going to happen that you're going to miss. But then I think what starts to naturally happen is people get used to how you operate. Yeah. 100%. So, what you know, these people that would normally phone you in the afternoon would look at their phone, see Ben, and think, actually, you're not going to phone him now because he'll have his phone off. Yeah. Mm. And then it starts to, everybody starts pandering to you as opposed to you pandering to them. Yeah. I, I think I. I as a, as a business person, I'm guilty of that as well. Like, because you own a business, you, you think you have to be contactable 24-7, whereas it's not, it's not at all. It's not the case. Mm. And, but, it's like but old we, school. It's like someone wasn't in. Yeah. You'd ring back later or you'd ring, leave a voicemail. Yeah. Whereas these days, everyone expects you to be available. It's yeah. just not the reality. But no. like you say, you've got to define that. Like, if they're your rules, they're mm, your rules. And I know away. people that you send an email to and you'll get an autoresponder saying, I only check my emails Monday, Wednesday and Friday and I do this because... Yeah, it, it works for me. It's efficient. I'm in clinics on a Tuesday or whatever, mm. and then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll speak to them on Tuesday. Um, so it's I simple, think isn't it? Really, it's like when you set those rules in for yourself yeah. and you stick to them, and you, there, you might piss off a few people at the beginning, but like they all start to understand that there's a few people in my life that I know that I will try that I'll think actually I need to get in touch with them, but I won't do it today because I know they won't get back in touch until next week. And it's what people come to expect. Mm. Mm. Don't keep up. Don't raise the bar too high too early. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. With 
everything in life. Yeah, no, 100%. With that little rule from uh, Scott Russell, I like that because he also protects his capacity as well. So some days it will naturally be like, oh, I've worked six hours today, cool. Then other days, like maybe shit hits the fan Mm. and it's like, right, I've got the capacity because I didn't work too much yesterday. Whereas I often found as a business owner, I'd make my to-do list like proper capacity, like, right, I'm going to work 10 hours yeah. today and here's all the stuff I'm going to achieve. And then it got to like Wednesday and I was like, like getting a bit burnt out because I'd overpacked the beginning of the week. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so much more conservative now so that I can work consistently throughout the week. And I like that because I get pleasure from achievement, yeah. as, as most of us do. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not getting to Friday being like, like today's a waste haven't got the energy for it I'm tired like true yeah and and then you feel like you failed even though you've absolutely done loads you've Mm. already smashed your week yeah so now I kind of almost like take the 30 hours that I used to do Monday to Wednesday and just drop it throughout the week yeah and it feels more pleasurable it just takes discipline to try it because it feels like you're not going to do as much but it also feels really good when you finish for the day as well doesn't it and you're like okay I don't need to do anything now I've done what I needed to do tomorrow's the day where I'll kick start again Mm. Um, definitely 100% but it's all down to discipline Mm. like because and why are we working yeah we work to live a good life I don't work to work I work because I enjoy it and I enjoy writing and media and all the rest of it but I don't actually want to be doing it 12 hours a day Mm. no I really want to do it 6, 7, 8 hours a day yeah yeah. So what is your coming like on that note? What is what is the like? Can you? I'm gonna get really deep now. Can get you deep. dig deep? Yeah, that's good, the same. Yeah. Can you dig deep and actually um, tell us, you know, why you've done all of this? Why did you set up a business? Is there something overriding in your mind that you're like, yes, I want to get to this point one day? Whether that be financially, um, you know, happiness, anything like that, fulfillment. Is there anything that you are doing all of this for? Mm. So the initial starting point was me being obese and losing all the weight and it was quite a roadblock journey and then I kind of released this big roadblock, lost five and a half stone in six months and I was like, that's incredible. I don't know anyone that's lost weight that quickly. I feel great. I feel productive. Like it just changed my life Mm -hmm. and I thought... I can't not share this information. It was just overwhelming. And you, you, we all know loads of people like this um, that maybe they've used a particular product and they thought it changed their life and they end up becoming a seller of that product because it was that meaningful to them. So I kind of naturally went towards fitness because I was not enjoying my current career. So from the age of eight, I'd been an actor. Um, really? And always had the vision of like, I'd be on the stage, dancing, singing, all that he kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> Peter Pan, Regent Theatre. Um, yeah, mate. Yeah, I yeah. was Lost Boy. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, you, you look like and fairly obese as well, as that goes. So. <laughs> Still got the tights? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, only on Sundays. <laughs> and um, yeah, I kind of wanted to then say, right, I want to promote this message. And then because I wasn't enjoying the personal training that then forced me to say well I've got this great message how can I deliver it to more people and that's what forced me to kind of go online Um, financially I always just wanted a really good life for myself I didn't want a life of limit as I call it so I wanted to be able to go into a shoe shop and be like oh this shoe's in 90 pounds I'm going to buy the shoes yeah um, Lizzie, do you want to go on holiday this year? Yeah, where do you want to go? Oh, we want to go to like Costa Rica. How much is it going to cost? Cost three grand. Okay, cool. Let's go to Costa Rica. Yeah. So I just wanted to live a a, gr- a good life with no limits. 
Like I'm not sitting here going, oh, should I should I get a helicopter tomorrow? Yeah, let's get mm-hmm. a car. It's like it's not extreme stuff because really that stuff doesn't bring you ultimate pleasure long term. No. But what does bring you pleasure is going out and having adventures, providing good food on the table, you know, being able to buy all your friends and family a nice Christmas present, all that kind of stuff, like small stuff. Yeah. So the reality was I needed to earn like 40, 50 grand a year to kind of facilitate that lifestyle. So I'd say um, that's probably held me back from how business, how big my business could be. Because I think if you're really financially driven, that does force you to push your business a bit Mm. more. So I've always been mission-led. I've always been um, kind of message-led. But I do want a comfortable life. And I don't work hard to not have some fruits of my labor. Um, so, yeah, that's probably it's some of my motivations. Yeah, You're a, a happy guy, though. Yeah, and yeah, that's what and I mean. Like, it's like there are people make the mistake of like aspiring to be a billionaire and being like, right, I'm going to make all the money in the world. I'm going to have offices and things all over the world Tokyo yeah but actually have a mission like you said have like an an idea where you want to be visualise it think and then reverse engineer it and think actually yeah that's going to cost us this much I'm going to have to earn this much per year and then actually it becomes a lot more feasible and if you can kind of get that strategy behind you, I think that's it's, a really It's having a goal thing. of saying, right, I'll get to six figures. That'd be really great to get six figures. Oh, okay, we're at six figures. We've got a great product. Let's try and get to seven figures. And then, but people go straight away go, right, nine figures. Let's get there and let's kill it. Like, actually, you haven't got a plan. Mm. You have got a plan in place to get to six, let alone nine. Yeah. Like, so for me, back. <laughs> I was using the financial goals um, just as a, a marker of like what I wanted. Yeah. So if I wanted three holidays a year that cost three grand if I wanted to buy nice clothes nice shoes what kind of salary facilitates that okay yeah. let's get to that salary because yeah. you're then identifying with the feeling that you want because mm. um, mm. ultimately I could be a millionaire but I could the rest of that money could just sit in the bank because yeah, I'm not spending true. it yeah, I don't yeah, have a yeah. purpose for it yeah. and that's what a lot of people do they earn more money and they just go and spend it on stuff Yeah, a more expensive car mm. a more expensive house like, um, and, and that's great so now I've been earning 45 grand for the last three years that facilitates my life we have a good life like with my wife's salary all the rest of it but now I'm like right I've got a child on the way and then Lizzie the plan is for her not to work so now I'm not thinking I want to earn more than six figures I'm thinking for me to live the lifestyle that I want for me and my family I have to earn differently so now the goalpost changes but now I'm very connected to that emotionally because it's something that I want for myself and my family it's, yeah. just, it's, it's amazing how different like, I think I about it. it. Yeah, yeah you, you strike me as somebody who has so much clarity, so like so self-aware of where you want to be and what you want to achieve. Um, yeah, that's mad. Like, and and the problem is, is like I said, so many business owners will aspire for that figure, and they won't have any reason why they want. I think that there. what you that five minutes is going to give listeners so much value because I think a lot of business owners need clarity on that as well. Mm. And they think differently, but actually if they heard that, they would go, that makes complete sense. Mm. Mm. And I, I could earn more, so I could draw down more out of my business. But one of the other things that drives me in my business is I love doing different things. Yeah. I love playing, I love exploring ideas. So like, you know, I'll happily spend five grand on some R&D of something that we think of doing because it excites me. Yeah. It's evolution. Like, could it improve our product or service? Um, I could be l- way more frugal on that. And I know plenty of business owners that really restrict their, you know, creative budgets, their R&D budgets, because they want to earn more. And that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And it might be that in two years time, I'm like, no, actually, 
I've worked really hard. I want to leverage everything out of my business now. It's kind of time for me, but I'm, I'm not at that stage in my life. I'm, I'm about growing and exploring. And I think my team that I've built really enjoy that as well. They really enjoy like, oh, this month, like, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. It's almost part of our company culture that we've got a fair bit of cash there to just sort of play with things. Yeah. Reminds I think that's media cool. Bros, that James. <laughs> like, we'll go, right, let's not, let's not pay each other. Let's get some new cameras. Let's yeah. better our product. Well, the whole yeah. reason we started this podcast is because I said to Jack, yeah, wouldn't it be a good idea if we did that? And because Jack's like this, he'll just go, yeah, well, how much is it going to cost? I said, well, all the equipment, then we need this, we need this, we need this. It's going to cost this much. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Have you, you know, order it now. And I'm like, well, are you sure? <laughs> and he goes, Jake always comes to me with the idea. Yeah. I almost, ex- guy. I almost expect him to just be like, no, bad idea. I'm like, well, cool, no worries. And he's like, cool, let's, let's do it. Let's spend that money. Let's go. And I'm like, but that, that well, comes, okay. I, I think that comes down to trust. Like I said this to you the other day in London, I trust him so much mm. with his thoughts and his opinions mm-hmm. that if he'd like to roll with it, let's roll with it. You know, it's going to grow us and, and straight away the podcast stuff has paid for itself because we started producing podcasts in London and doing some stuff there. So it's like, if you trust your team, it will all be fine. And also be prepared to reinvest your money into upper crusts from Liverpool Street Station as well because <laughs> they do an absolute fantastic festive you talk about You talk about, I nearly um, <laughs> commented on your um, Instagram the other day because yeah. you, you, you love your Christmas turkey feeds. So you are a fan. Uh, yeah, yeah me too. We want you to go to Upper Crust in Liverpool Street. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, honestly. If we see you soon, I'll just give you one. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a taste. Well, don't do that because by the time you get it to Ben, it's going to be, be, right, be two yeah, months yeah. old. It's going to drive around. It'll be two months old. Let's just talk about where um, you're going to go in the next few years mm. um, and your plans. I think I finally got my. Are we allowed to swear? You, you, well, you do, do it, it and then we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. I think I finally got my beep together right. with my business it. in terms of like being a CEO, being a leader. So, operations, marketing, I've got all the right people in all the right places. So, I feel that I've now got the confidence to really put the pedal on the gas. Mm. And not for me to have to work 12 hours a day to have that pedal on the gas. And I think that's, um, it's just taken a lot longer than I thought it would take. So next year, we're going to try and grow Awesome Supplements to be a lot more of a global presence. We're now looking at our supply chain internationally. We're now looking at distributing into certain markets that we think will be really beneficial. And I just think, yeah, I'm sitting on almost like a mountain of gold with my business and now is the opportunity for me within the next three years to really accelerate it so next year I'm going to bring out one maybe two books we're really going to try and push the growth level Um, and because I'm sitting here going do you know what I just kind of want this amount of profit for myself for my family and stuff I'm going to be again be reinvesting all that money back into growth 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 and then hopefully in like three years five years time we can sit back and go okay brilliant we're happy with that let's just enjoy the fruits of our labor a little bit you know maybe I'd even consider selling some parts of the business who knows um so yeah it's it's foot firmly on the gas and I tried to do it in 2017 and I screwed it up nearly went bankrupt spent a whole year trying to recover from you know the creditors and uh it's probably taken me the last three months to really build up my confidence again. Um, I was speaking to my COO the other day and she was like, 
it actually knocked your confidence a lot more than you give yourself appreciation for. Because I think as a business owner, sometimes you just, there are days where you just have to be strong and kind of hide how you're feeling and just be positive for your team and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I had to learn how to be confident again. Because when you're younger, you're kind of naive and that mm. makes it easy to be confident. But then when you know more and you've failed a bit more and you've yeah, wasted 50 grand here and lost here and had a lawyer involved here, you do second guess yourself a lot mm. more because you know the fall is a lot bigger. Yeah, You know you've got a mortgage or yeah. kids yeah. or all the or rest of it. So I had to get myself to a really confident place to go, if I put the foot on the gas, will we go bankrupt again? Because I'm scared of that, mm. uh, like hand on heart. And I think we've got to the end of the year with a really clear strategy, all the right people in place, and next year we're, we're going for it. Amazing. Good Quality. For Good for you. Um, we have to wrap up there, unfortunately. Oh, oh, I know. Sad. As much as I want to carry on, we want to carry on. This has been great. Um, Part two. Yeah. Part yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, congratulations for all your success. And Cheers, man. You're going to drive it forward. We just know it. And Just getting started. And you are becoming a father next year. Yes. So congratulations, mate. Yeah. Amazing. Um, ben Coomba, thanks for coming on. Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Top Cheers. man. Thank you, mate.